when Jesus met his disciples in Caesarea Philippi, he asked them, who do men say that I am? And of course, you know, they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets. And then Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up for the apostles and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. To which Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's what I want to talk about. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. My understanding is that when Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, he meant, Peter, you have just articulated on behalf of the foundational apostles, you have just articulated the foundational truth of my Messiahship. And on that truth and on your speaking of it as my authoritative apostles, I will build my church. And so I think that's what you get in Ephesians 2.20, where it says the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church. The church is being built on this glorious truth as it's expressed in the authoritative witness of the apostles. And then Jesus says, on that, I will build my church. And you are all church planters are related to church planting. And so to hear the Lord Jesus say, I will build my church should make a huge difference to you as to what does he mean. So consider these four things. I will build my church. Let's just say a word about each of those. Who is this I who says, I will build my church? And one of the clearest and most amazing glimpses into who the risen Lord is, is in Revelation 5, where John is granted to see the throne where God and Christ are. And there's weeping in John's eyes because there's no one found who can open the scroll that's in the hands of God on the throne. And the the scroll represents the seven seals and the history that's going to be unfolded when the right person is found to unfold history. And then one of the elders says, don't weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah has been slain and is worthy. And then there's this singing, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed men for God from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made them a kingdom of priests to our God. So, He is the one who is infinitely worthy to unfold the end time history. And after that, you get this amazing statement that John heard in heaven myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands of angels. So at least two million. That's what I take thousands of thousands to be. At least two million angels join the voice and say that you are worthy to receive glory and honor and blessing and wisdom and power and might for you were slain. And then an amazing statement. I've never seen this before recently. It says, and then every creature in heaven, on earth 
and under the earth. Now, I take that to mean birds and butterflies in heaven, uh, camels and horses and tigers and rabbits on the earth, and squid and whales and fish in the sea or under the ground, moles and worms. They all began to talk. They became talking animals. And it says, they said, worthy are you to receive honor and glory and blessing. So there's the glimpse. A risen Christ who is infinitely worthy to unfold the scroll of history and who is acclaimed as blessed and powerful and honorable, not only by two million angels, but by every creature that is given a voice to speak. That's who says, I will build my church. So you men and women should take heart that engagement in the cause of planting this church is engagement with an infinitely powerful, infinitely wise, infinitely glorious Christ who makes that promise. I will build. Now the church is not a building. It's not a building. It's not a plant. So you're involved in planting, building, but the church isn't a plant and it isn't a building. The church is a people. So how does Christ build authoritatively, omnipotently a people? And I think one of the best pictures of that is uh, Acts 16, where Paul comes into Philippi and three people he meets. One, Lydia, a businesswoman. What happens to her? It says, the Lord opened her heart. He builds the church by ripping the gates of hell off of the hearts of human beings that have held them in hell-bent sin and unbelief. So he rips this inattention and disinterest off of, of Lydia, and she believes. And then Paul meets a slave girl who is prophesying, declaring things, and making lots of money for her owners, And Paul gets so aggravated, he says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And again, the risen Christ rips the gates of hell that have held her in lifelong bondage off of her hearts. And now she's in the church. And then they go to jail for all of these good deeds. And then God rips the gates of hell right off the prison there. And one more person, the jailer, says, what must I do to be saved? And God rips the the gates of hell off of his heart that had held him in lifelong bondage. And lo and behold, what do you have? A church. A businesswoman, a slave girl, and an employee of the local jail. That's the way God builds his church. I will build my church. The risen Christ rips the gates of hell off of the human heart and opens their eyes to see the one that they had been held back from all their lives. So I will build my. The church, you're involved in church planting. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. We were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. When Paul got to Ephesus, you remember what it says? He was afraid and he was discouraged. And one night in a dream, the Lord Jesus came to him and said, Don't be afraid. Continue to speak. 
for I have many people in this city. They're mine. I have them here. Just like Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. So chosen before the foundation of the world, some are in Ephesus, some are in Milwaukee, some are in Chicago, some are in Minneapolis, some are in Atlanta, some are in Bangkok. They're all over the world. And we church builders in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, through the word of God, announce the gospel and God takes his own for himself. He laid down his life for them. I lay down my life for my sheep. No one lays down his life for his friends except the one who loves his friends. He died for his bride. They are his not only by virtue of election, they are his by virtue of blood-bought purchase. So the church grows by virtue of the my coming to reality. I will build my Church. Jesus never said, I will build my social social servants agency. He never said, I will build my parachurch ministry. He never said, I will build my university or my Christian college or my Christian school. He said, I will build my church. One institution in all the universe is given this promise. I will build my church. Church. So, brothers, be encouraged that you are about something extraordinarily important. Let me just give you one last counsel or piece of advice. This comes right off of my devotions from this morning. I was reading in Mark 4 where it says, um, The kingdom of heaven is as if a man should sow seed on the ground. And then he sleeps and wakes night and day and the seed grows and sprouts. He knows not how. And my closing exhortation negatively is you don't know how to grow the kingdom of God. Beware of conferences, beware of books, beware of seminars that tell you how to plant the church. You don't know how to plant the church. The Bible says you cannot know this. This is God's doing. It is mysterious. It is deep. It is awesome. You go to bed at night. You get up in the morning. You sow your seed and it sprouts. You know not how. Watch out for know-alls. They don't know how to grow the church. If they think they know it isn't the church, they're growing. This is the work of the sovereign God. It is a profound and supernatural mystery to open the heart of Lydia, to liberate the servant girl, to shatter the prison and the heart of the jailer. So, My counsel is, brothers, give your life to sowing. Take this glorious word of God and preach it. Preach Christ. Preach the scriptures. Preach the cross. Most of the people in the world don't know what's in this book. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will do the decisive building, says the Lord. Conferences and seminars and books that tell you you can do this should not be listened to. They should direct you to Christ and to his word and to the fact that we don't know anything about how God saves sinners at the depth of their being. This is a mystery. This is a glory. And amazingly, he uses us. He won't do it without the faithful proclamation of the word of God. Be faithful to the word and God will use you to build his church. God bless you. I love what you're doing. I love you. May he make his name great in this conference.